You're listening to Matty O's Red Hot Summer Tour Festival Special as he chats to the artists that will be gracing the stage in 2023 and coming to a town near you. I was also lucky enough to catch up with another one of the headliners. I've got to say, this is one on the bucket list for me. Uh, the first live gig I ever saw, one of my idols growing up, I can safely say and finally say that after two years of hosting this show, I have Bernard Fanning on... The hits we know growing up, one of our great singer-songwriters. So, so good, and tracks like this. I just want to wish you well. I just want to wish you well. It just makes you feel good, consistently amazing. One of my favourites too. We spoke to Paul Kelly a little bit earlier, and I can safely say, Bernard Fanning, welcome to Triple M's Homegrown, man. We play you all the time. It's such a pleasure to chat to you, man, and to see you in person. How are you? Thanks, Fanny. Good, man. How are you going? I'm really well. We were just discussing uh, off-air that uh, the last time we kind of had a bit of interaction, we were uh, exchanging some equipment. That's right. We bought. I have a studio here in, in Byron with Nick Dadia, yep, who's a longtime producer of Powderfinger Records and mine and British India Record yep. as well, yep. mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Uh, and we ended up buying your two-inch tape machine. Yes. Which, which is currently being moved to our new studio. That's incredible. And when we got that two inch, we found old recordings from you guys. There was like some outtakes to uh, these days. You're kidding me. No, there were outtakes. I didn't know that. On tape. On tape. There were these recordings that we got. There weren't too many, but there were like, there were like guitar tracks and some drum tracks as well. From Sing Sing. From Sing Sing. Wow. I didn't know that. So that would have been uh, Odyssey number five. Yes. Odyssey number five, man. How how crazy is that? That it is crazy, and it just goes to show how fucked our record company <laughs> were keeping the archive of all of our stuff. Um, you know what? Honestly, listen to this. Yeah. Nick, Nick, mostly, and I have have just archived all of the Powderfinger analog stuff onto digital, and there was stuff missing, which was probably on that fucking doing. Yeah, man. That you, <laughs> that's insane. Dude, crazy times, man. Um, but this this announcement of this festival, what does it mean to be kind of kind of back playing and just on this lineup, man? It's like you these are like yeah. the greatest singer songwriters, you know. We've kind of produced, and it's all in one setting now. We get to see it live. It's, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good lineup, isn't it? Oh, like, it's phenomenal. I mean, Paul obviously he's in his own world, mm. and then then there's the rest of us. There's daylight, and then the rest of us. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I know everyone on the tour. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really happy about that. It's going to be fun. I haven't really toured with anybody like where I've played shows with nearly everyone, yeah. but I've never really toured with, with this kind of bunch. So mm. um, I'm really excited about it. I've, I know Troy Casadale really well. He's yeah. one of the great gentlemen and humans, mm. the music industry and just of the world. He's just yeah. an incredible guy. So looking forward to hanging out with him. Vicar and Linda, I wrote a song for, for their record that came out last year. Mark, I would, Hunters and Collectors were the, the first kind of big Australian band that I saw when I was at university. Um, and he made a record at, at our studio as well. Yeah, um, crazy, man. Who else? Missy. Well, I've, I've done lots of stuff with Missy. She, yeah. we even, she came and visited 
me and my family in Madrid when we were living over there. So wow, man. Been for ages, so and, and, and explain to explain to people what it's like. I mean, you'd know like so much festival experience. Like you really kind of build this one-off connection with these artists, don't you, when you spend so much time together on a long festival like this? Because, you know, you're not just sharing the stage, yeah. but you're hanging out before, after, you know, you're at the Virgin Lounge yeah. together on planes, you know, you really, <laughs> get, really get to know them well. That, that's totally true. That's the, one of the things that people kind of romanticise it into, like after the show, everyone gets together and has this giant party. Yeah. But you actually probably end up spending more time together at the airport than <laughs> yeah, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at a service station eating a ham and cheese fucking sandwich. <laughs> you know, like that that's a, that's more the reality of touring. But yeah, but yeah, it's you're right. And that opportunity hasn't really afforded itself since a big day out in mm. Australia. Maybe a day on the green or something like that, but it doesn't happen very often. So mm. Yeah, it's great when you get to build that kind of sense of camaraderie with people. Yeah. It's really, really fulfilling. Absolutely, man. A great segue to my next question, because I caught up with Cram recently, and we were talking about the good old days, the big day out. And, of course, a lot of my yeah. memories growing up with watching you guys, you know, on Channel V, and you hear the stories and things that you wouldn't normally know. Now, here's Cram talking about Daniel Johns. I remember playing cricket with those guys at the, at the big day out. People wouldn't realise um, that Daniel is actually a lethally fast, quick bowler. Did you ever get on the other end of uh, one of Daniel's bowls when you were playing backyard cricket at the big No, bowl? I didn't actually. I don't think so. But I think, yeah, my understanding is that he's a pretty talented sportsman. I know he's a really good surfer. Yeah. So I don't think we were on that big day out. Okay. Because we, our cricket story, we, we ended up flogging Coldplay in a, in, in a game, in an international game of cricket in Perth. Yeah. Uh, where they, they had kind of challenged us to a game yeah. and... They ended up having to ring in a heap of people because they only, you know, there's only five or six of them all together. And so yeah. and I remember that Robert Forster was was um oh, was on he? the cold play side. Yeah. yeah. And and I was keeping and I started sledging him as soon as he came out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't take too kindly to it at all. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Man, man, the beautiful thing about, you know, uh, you know, the big day out festival is, you know, it was a festival of its time. And I feel like now. You know, you've got so many incredible festivals going around the country. And the beautiful thing about this is, is that it goes regional. And, you know, I know that yeah. like Powderfinger, you guys and you yourself personally have always prided yourself on touring regionally because, you know, it means so much to these small towns, doesn't it? When you get a lineup like this that goes That's, to, you know, these small places. Yeah. And I, I haven't played in a lot of the places that we're going to, like the specific places I've played nearby, but I haven't played in a lot of them at all, whether in Powderfinger or my own shows. So, that's really exciting, and and I actually really like the travel. Not not so much the flying part, but I love the driving part now, yeah, where you're all yeah. seeing the man talking shit and yeah. just looking out the window and just looking at the country, the yeah. amazing place that we live in, and how how much it changes. And um, that's that's just an exciting part of it for me. Yeah. What makes a great festival in your eyes? Uh, well, the setting is really is is pretty important. I think that's a that's a pretty big part of it, but and I'm not exactly sure how that setup works for um, for Red Hot Summer, but mm. we'll see, find out. But um, I imagine everywhere that they go is as picturesque as, as possible yeah. um, in the circumstances. But what you were talking about before that thing where you even if you don't hang out for the day, just being in an environment backstage where there's there's a lot of activity, but it's cool. 
and there's not a lot of egos yeah. to deal with or anything like that. That's that's the important thing, I think, for for me because I don't I don't get off on any of the kind of macho shit or any of the yeah. the kind of um, besting each other thing that happens. Mm. In, in rock and roll sometimes and yeah. that would happen occasionally on those bigger tours especially when you had big international acts who mm. were used to feeling very important and that was that's that was never in the australian industry it doesn't doesn't really work like that everyone mm. just thinks you're away really you know no one wants to really hang out with you if you're going to be like that. it's um it's been a weird you know a uh, couple of years and you know i think one of the most magical moments i saw you know, recently is like we saw the return of Splendor on the Grass and, you know, it was just supposed to be this huge triumphant moment. And then we had the first day, you know, it was a disaster. You know, we we're seeing pictures here in Melbourne. But one of the beautiful things I found about music was that, you know, we made, you guys made the best of a bad situation. You know, Byron Bay that night turned into bands going back to what they did best, you know, and where they started, you know, playing the early pubs and playing gigs in, uh, you know, capacity rooms that might only be 150. And one of the most magical moments was seeing footage of this. You and Baker Boy and Byron Bay, man. Can you, can you explain what that show was like? Oh, it was, it was wild. You know, yeah. When those when those things happen that are unexpected, I guess, and and they're and they're pulled together really quickly, and there's just this energy around them that are just that that just makes them really different, really special. Yeah, and that's that's if you pull it off and yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which did. Yeah. Um, but it was just an incredible feeling, you know. I, the Beach Hotel is, I think. The capacity is like 800 or 900 or something like that. So my family and I were actually at Splendor that day because we, I was going to play with Baker Boy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we live in Byron, so we just drove home. And as we, as we drove through town, we drove past the Beach Hotel. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there was already a, like a line around the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People kind of, I guess, were assuming that something would happen. Yeah. They didn't know who, what the lineup would be or any of that. So... There was kind of there was a lot of anticipation about it, yeah. and um, just felt great. And Denzel himself is a he's a lovely guy and, and a really he's a great performer, and he, he's just surrounded by by really good people. His yeah. band are phenomenal; they're yeah. awesome players, band and dancers, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. singers and horn players, and like there's people everywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we were supposed to make a video that day at Splendor, and then they kind of scrambled and they ended up making a video there at the Beach Hotel, and. And it was just... It was great. Everyone, that thing where everyone pulls together at once. It was uh, a great feeling. Well, mate, we can't wait to see this incredible lineup all in one place, touring around the country. Full list of details you can find at triplem.com.au. Bernard Fanning, thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, look forward to seeing you up on stage. Thanks, Fanny.